Good afternoon, today, everybody. I'm Jessica Benson here with the American Egg Network, and today, here at the network, we're kicking off a new series where we talk to North Dakota Extension agents every week about different topics pertaining to livestock, uh, crops, and agriculture in general. And today, I'll be talking with Hans Condell. He's an extension agronomist for broadleaf crops at the Department of Plant Sciences for North Dakota State University. And we are looking forward to talking to him today and learning more. First of all, Hans, I want to ask you, how much frost damage did we see throughout the state? Yeah. So on the morning of uh, uh, Friday, May the 28th, we had some frost recording. And the interesting thing is that uh, when you look at the Endon station, which is the official reading, those are about, uh, you know, three, four, five feet above the ground that they measure. So they said 30, 32. But if you go to the can and into the canopy, we saw uh, quite a bit of damage around Fargo, around Carrington, some of the northern locations near Langdon, uh, all the way up to uh, Sargent County. So it was uh, spotty, uh, dependent on exactly where you were, and depending on the field condition, the lower uh, areas of the fields uh, tended to have a bit more uh, frost. And also we noticed that bare ground was keeping the heat a little bit more than uh, where there was residue. So where there was residue uh, near the plants, the temperatures were a little cooler because the soil did not radiate out and we got some damage. So it was probably just a very short period of time, but uh, in many places it did severe damage. Uh, in some of my plots, we had 45% of the plants that actually died. And then many plants got the top uh, kind of uh, tissue damaged. And so the plants are under severe stress. They can recuperate if the cotyledons or the unifolids are green. And that's what we're seeing. But then on top of that, we have very hot weather the last week. And whenever you have a, a plant under stress and you add another stress factor like the hotness, the plant is struggling to, uh, to recuperate. But what happens is if the cotyledons were okay, there are two axillary buds close to the, the cotyledon, and those will sprout out some new tissue. So it depends on where you are, what kind of damage we see, but sometimes it is very spotty. Okay, and then you, you said um, a good chunk of that was not salvageable. Right, so if the plants are completely damaged, uh, so there was frost damage even on the cotyledon or below, those plants uh, after a couple of days due to the hot weather just died. But if there was green tissue, around that cotyledon area, there was hope for recovery. And I'm seeing in my plots that some of those plants are recovering and shooting out new leaves. Okay, yeah, it was really it was really one extreme to the next. But um, just maybe some of your thoughts, how much heat stress currently, that's what we're dealing with, you know, drought conditions, how much stress can, can corn, beans, and wheat really take at this moment? Yeah, so it uh, of course depends on exactly what stage the plant is in uh, but uh, looking at some of the fields this week i see that uh, some of the, the crops they are curling their leaves during the day in order to uh, minimize the loss of uh, moisture so uh, that means that if they are closing their stomates uh, where there is an exchange between the co2 uh, and the air uh, so that the plant doesn't get that. There is no photosynthesis taking place. So we see a loss of productivity during the hot temperatures. So that is a stress factor, uh, kind of the yield potential goes down. 
uh, in a severe case, uh, you know, we can get some damage to the plant tissue. Uh, we see also that, for instance, with wheat, if there is uh, a lot of heat stress, the plant will uh, kind of uh, shed some of the tillers, meaning the tillers will die off and you may have just only one plant. So uh, especially on hilltops in the fields where it is already a little bit more droughty normally, we see a lot of damage taking place. So the, the stands are, are thin this year. Yeah. And so, you know, with the big recent storm we saw too, did you, did we see any damage happen there as well? Well, so the good thing about uh, most of the storms is that we got some needed rain. But anytime when we have uh, wind conditions, and this year we have had a lot of wind conditions, if, uh, you know, the wind comes when it is still dry, we have seen that sometimes the particles, uh, the soil particles start to blow and you get these dust clouds. But also near the surface, sometimes those particles can just abrase the tissue of young plants. So we have seen in certain cases that, uh, that due to uh, high wind velocity and the, the, the soil particles doing damage close to the soil surface and that creates some wounds and also some extra pressure on the plants and some of those plants will also die. Yes, so we've dealt with frost, we've dealt with heat. Now we, you know, as a farmer, we're looking at replanting. So as a producer, how, how do you re approach a replant? Yeah, so that is one of the most difficult questions. So I can give you a couple of ideas. So first of all, uh, when you look at the field, uh, the stands are most of the time not regularly uh, distributed. So that makes it the, the, the challenge. If we have a regular stand, but it is, you know, we have about 40% of the plants that die, but regularly, then I would say, you know, there are enough plants that can compensate. For instance, like soybean, they can branch out, uh, uh, wheat can tiller. So in those cases, uh, there is, you know, a good potential that the crop can still do well. We have to realize if you think about uh, replanting, um, you know, we have had some rain, but you need to have some moisture in the topsoil for the seed to uh, to actually sprout. So if you plant into dry soil, the seed will lay there for a long time. So we know that this time of the year, for instance, in soybean, we lose about a third of a bushel yield potential each day. So if you have to delay planting, that means uh, we have already a lower potential. Right now we're approaching the middle of uh, June. Uh, and so that means we have already given up uh, quite a bit of yield potential from May. So if you destroy your crop now, then what you can expect is going to be lower, even in the best circumstances. But who says that we will get a good stand when you replant? So there is a risk of replanting. We don't necessarily know that it will work. So uh, if you do the, 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 the math on it, oftentimes it is still better to leave uh, a half a stand of a crop if it is regularly uh, distributed and, and not even think about replanting. And then with replanting, you know, anytime you work the ground again, we might lose some additional moisture. So this year with uh, very dry conditions, the challenge of replanting is even more severe. Yes. Okay. And so let's say we do get our crops planted and we replanted and, you know, everything is in line, you know, but you, we're seeing some signs, maybe iron deficiency is something, you know, we, we want to talk about today. So how, how can farmers, you know, if they can prevent iron deficiency and why is it so important to be able to recognize this issue in your crop? Yeah, so this uh, issue is uh, predominant in soybeans. It also can occur in dry bean. What we see is that the plant, uh, when it is young, uh, it has some iron in the, the seed. 
So the first leaves are green, but then when you get the first true leaf, the trifoliate we call it, then the, the plant needs to take up the iron. So there is plenty iron in the soil. It is just a matter that the conditions in our case are in the valley especially, are such that uh, iron chlorosis occurs uh, regularly and that is high carbonates, salts, and we have a lot of salts also. And then if we have excess moisture, we don't have that one this year. But then we get this expression of uh, yellowing of the leaves and the veins, they stay green, but the plant is set back. But uh, it can outgrow it if the conditions uh, improve. So what can we do about it? Well, the, one of the things would have been uh, the, the seeding rate. If you have higher seeding rate, we'll get more uh, plants. Uh, but the, the most important thing is to select varieties. So even if you still think about replanting and you know that you have a field where you have IDC, at least also consider in the replanting decision that the variety that you select now will also be more tolerant to IDC, especially if you know that you have a history. If there is no history of uh, a problem, then you can just select uh, any high yielding variety. Okay. And so chlorosis, that's when the leaves, just to clarify, that's when they start to lose their color and get that little bit of yellow. Correct. So that is what we see commonly. Uh, and oftentimes it just happens after a rain because then the carbon is dissolved, gets uh, transported to the root. And the interesting thing is the root exudes some acid, so makes it uh, easier for the plant to take up the iron. But if you get uh, it neutralized by the, the, the bicarbonate, then uh, the pH is such that the plant cannot take up that iron. So if it can't take the, up the iron, then it has not enough uh, material to, to make green tissue, which is necessary for photosynthesis. So then we get this yellowing of the plant. And if it is severe, even it can turn brown and the leaf kind of disintegrates. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there is an opportunity for the plant when it grows and it, the root system develops that it will be able to start taking up the iron from the soil and it can recover. But, um, you know, if a plant is under stress, what I mentioned, it is much more difficult for a plant to recover because the growth is already slowed down due to dry conditions or being set back uh, by uh, losing tissue due to frost. All right, so let's switch to nodules. What's the best way to check for nodules and when is the best time to do it? Yeah, so uh, when we think about a, a legume crop, which is uh, soybean, there is a symbiotic uh, relationship between bacteria and the root. So the bacteria uh, go into the root and make a little uh, bubble uh, nodule. And within that nodule, uh, the atmospheric nitrogen can be fixed in a form that the plant can utilize. So it is really for its own benefit. But um, uh, it, so when you put the seed in the ground, of course, there's no roots. So you first have to have a few roots and then the roots come in contact with the bacteria. That is also why we often inoculate the seed with bacteria so that those bacteria are close to the roots. So you, you can start seeing a nodulation taking place when you get uh, approximately that four, uh, that first leaf coming out of uh, of the plant, uh, the V1, V2. However, a couple of things this year, uh, under dry conditions, uh, the plant is under stress and there is a symbiotic relationship. So those nodules need sugars and the sugars come from photosynthesis. So if the plant shuts down because it can't photosynth uh, make the photosynthate, 
then it also doesn't send those to the nodule. So then also we will have fewer nodules. So in the dry conditions, we often see that the nodulation is not taking place. Or the other stress, what we talked about is iron chlorosis. With severe iron chlorosis, the plant is also under stress and we see also fewer nodules. So the reason why we kind of need to be aware of it is that in a, a, a crop, if you don't have nodules, that means the plant cannot take up enough uh, or make its own nitrogen and it may need a rescue treatment of nitrogen. And that's only the case if um, you, know, you have a healthy crop. Uh, so if a healthy crop and it starts to have three, four, five leaves, and, but it looks a little pale uh, green, uh, then to look at the nodules, if there is no nodules, then it is very likely that the plant is not having enough nitrogen and we can apply a, short, a low amount of nitrogen. But if you apply nitrogen when the plant doesn't need it, now you will get a negative effect on nodulation because nitrogen interferes with nodulation because the plant is lazy, it prefers to take up the free nitrogen, so you get a lower nodulation. So I sometimes get the question, should I you know, uh, fertilize soybeans? A healthy soybean uh, field in North Dakota does not need any uh, extra nitrogen because the plant can fix it its own. But if you give it nitrogen, plants will be happy. It says, thank you. It will use the nitrogen, but it will not be uh, yielding a lot more. It will be slightly higher yielding, but it does not pay the extra yield for the extra cost for the fertilizer. Yeah, farming is really an art and a science. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Jessica Benson with the American Ag Network. Thanks again to Hans Gondel for talking today about heat stress, fr frost, um, things we can do to help mitigate these problems that Mother Nature throws at us. Again, Hans is an extension agronomist for broadleaf crops at the Department of Plant Sciences at North Dakota State University.